Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Today is December 20th, 2021, and our first story A CIA advisor specializing on foreign civil war has warned the U.S. is closer to civil war than you think, and no one wants to believe it. Three retired generals are also warning a military coup in 2024 is likely unless we take action now. Many people don't want to believe it could happen here, but it could. In our next story, protesters arrested again for refusing vaccine mandates, trying to buy food in businesses in New York City. And in our last story, truckers are boycotting the entire state of Colorado after a truck driver was sentenced to 110 years in prison over a car accident that left several dead. Now, if you like this show, give us a good review. Tell your friends about it. It really does help. Now, let's get into that first story. An advisor to the CIA, specifically covering civil war in other countries, who is not allowed to make formal assessments about the U.S., has said, we are closer to civil war than any of us would like to believe. This is according to a new study. We also have three retired generals who say they fear that the military is becoming polarized and could split down the middle, and that if we don't act now, a military coup may succeed in 2024. And I believe that's, uh, I believe they're both correct. I believe both of these, uh, the individual and these generals are correct. We also have Mehdi Hassan on MSNBC who asked, not even that long ago, is another civil war possible in this country? And as you know, if you've been following me for the past several years, I've also asked this question, believing that we are in a cold civil war, which basically means information warfare, low scale insurgency. And this professor who works with the CIA specifically to advise them on when civil war might erupt in another country. Is saying January 6th may be part of the insurgency phase where we may be entering this. And I think I think we're in it. Let me give you a, a quick understanding and example before we go through all of the things that are happening, happening that I think will just escalate hyperpolarization. We have several different states, five states now, National Guard refusing vaccine mandates. This is part of that great split. But the context here is important. Several years ago, when I was witnessing the street violence, the escalating street violence, and boy, did it get bad. Many people said it will end here. I was told by some politicos in D.C. that I was exaggerating. I was crazy. And even today, many people who comment on Timcast IRL say we're farther away from civil war than we've ever been. 
Yet repeatedly, different experts and security officials and retired generals and others keep saying we're inching towards this. And I think they're more likely to be correct. Now, of course, people say the media wants fear and they want us divided. So it may be an attempt just to divide the nation. But back when I said that I believed we were we were inching towards a hot civil war, a kinetic civil war, meaning physical violence. And I was told it wouldn't happen because the security apparatus is too strong, that at the highest levels of the state, there is unity and it will not happen. Just because different political factions on the ground are mad at each other doesn't mean it'll have anything to do with the federal government. But here we are. Different branches of the of the military are faced with very serious ramifications over not enforcing a covid vax mandate. Some 30,000 servicemen and women are not vaccinated and can, and if they don't get vaccinated, will be discharged. So what happens to these groups, tens of thousands of people? Well, at the very least, I can say this. Maybe it's all crazy. Maybe this CIA advisor is wrong. There's not going to be a civil war. Or or, or we're not even close to one, I should say. Maybe these retired generals are, are wrong as well. And they're looking at the wrong thing. Maybe the the past security experts who predicted these things were all completely wrong. Maybe my view on what's happening is completely wrong because I'm not psychic. And if that is the case, maybe what we're actually seeing is just the collapse of the United States. I mean, hyperinflation, wholesale, wholesale producer index up 10 percent, fastest on record, consumer inflation up around 7 percent, massive, highest been in four decades. Now, these things have all happened before. It's possible that it's just, you know, bad things happen. But could it be that all these bad things happening at once indicate that we may be headed towards something very serious? In New York City, There's fears over a bill that was introduced in 2015 that would give the governor the right to detain people at their own discretion in the name of public health, kind of like Australia. But don't worry, the fact checkers say, no, 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 no one takes the bill seriously. Uh, So there literally is a bill? Fact checkers saying no one is going to get it out of committee doesn't mean the bill doesn't exist. So people are correct when they say in 2015, this bill was introduced. It doesn't matter what's happening today. What matters is the divide is very real. There is a New York City, Bill de Blasio, going on TV saying we will deprive you of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We will to force you to do what we want to do, what we want you to do. You will not be able to work. You will not be able to eat. You will be arrested. And the police officers will have a smile on their face as they do it. And in one viral video going around, The female officer not only arrests a man for trespassing because he tried to eat a Panera bread without a vax card, but she also stomps on the American flag, whether it apparently is an accident. But as the American flag is ripped from a man's hand and thrown to the ground, she steps on it without a thought. Now, you may say that's meaningless. It was just in the fray, an accident happened or whatever. But there are a group of people who see that as a symbol, that these police officers would literally tread on the flag to arrest someone because he didn't have his vax card and the restaurant said you can't be in here. Either way, at the very least, maybe civil war is too hyperbolic. Maybe this CIA advisor is wrong, but the country seems to be falling apart. Right now, I'm, 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 I don't want to get too personal, so I won't. But with the holidays coming up, it's crazy to see how individuals are reacting to the news about what's going on in this country. But let's read. What this CIA advisor has to say in these retired generals and question, why are they the experts? And then I'll show you what's happening. Give you some examples of why I think we are, this country is being torn apart. 
But before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to help support our work. As a member, you'll get access to exclusive segments from all of our different shows, including the TimCast IRL podcast with hundreds of different guests. And as a member, you are supporting all of our journalists. We work hard to fact check and get the news right. And we are funded directly by you guys. Now, don't forget to also like this video, subscribe to this channel and share the video right now anywhere you can to help support the show. Because of course, we get shadow banned, we get hidden, and we could use your support in that regard. Here's the story from the Washington Post. We are closer to civil war than any of us would like to believe, new study says. From Dana Milbank, writing, if you know people still in denial about the crisis of American democracy, kindly remove their heads from the sand long enough to receive this message. A startling new finding by one of the nation's top authorities on foreign civil wars says we are on the cusp of our own. Barbara F. Walter, a political science professor at the University of California at San Diego, serves on a CIA advisory panel called the Political Instability Task Force that monitors countries around the world and predicts which of them are most at risk of deteriorating into violence by law. The task force can't assess what's happening within the United States. But Walter, a longtime friend who has spent her career studying conflicts in Syria, Lebanon, Northern Ireland, Sri Lanka, the Philippines, Rwanda, Angola, Nicaragua, and elsewhere, applied the predictive techniques herself to this country. Her bottom line, we are closer to civil war than any of us would like to believe. She lays out the argument in detail in her must-read book, How Civil Wars Start, out in January. Aha! There it is. This expert doesn't know anything. She's just trying to sell a book. Maybe. Fair point. Maybe she's just trying to sell a book, realizing the January 6th narrative, the Trump conspiracy narrative, and all of this shenanigans has people on edge. And here she can exploit it to get a book sold. Well, you can choose to believe that by all means. Just, you know, based on the evidence, you can come to your own conclusions. But I would also argue this. The alternative is an expert on civil wars saw something happening and said, I need to write about what's happening in the United States. You got to choose what you think is more likely. Some of you may be naysayers, may be doubters and think we are not close to a civil war. And by all means, with respect, you are free to believe that. But when we have three generals saying a military coup is possible unless we act now, when we have street violence, when we have, what is it, 60 percent of Republicans believing Trump actually won the election. It doesn't matter what you think. I personally do not believe Trump won the election. I believe this country is so divided that many people gleefully went and voted against Trump. But that's same to the point. No one believes each other. Many people don't believe me because we're divided. Quote, no one wants to believe their beloved democracy is in decline, headed toward war, she writes. But if you're an analyst in a foreign country looking at events in America, the same way you'd look at events in Ukraine or of the Ivory Coast, or Venezuela, you would go down a checklist, assessing each one of the conditions that make civil war likely. And what you would find is that the United States, a democracy founded more than two centuries ago, has entered a very dangerous territory. Indeed, the United States has already gone through what the CIA identifies as the first two phases of insurgency, the pre-insurgency and incipient conflict phases. And only time will tell whether the final phase, open insurgency, began with the sacking of the Capitol by Trump supporters on January 6. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. 
Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Tim Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. One of the important uh, ideas that you need to have, I've explained in several of, of these videos, is con- uh, condensing history. When we read about the Civil War, when we read about the American Revolution, we are reading a condensed version of history. When we read about World War II, you need to realize that what was going on took years. In fact, the American Revolution spanned two decades. But we know it as the American Revolution. Open conflict, physical warfare with British Empire, the American colonists shooting at each other in fields. That didn't happen until way down the line. But there were many individual stories. I mean, take a look at the history. Seriously read the timeline of the American Revolution. Some of these events, the Boston Tea Party, the Boston Massacre, some of these were very far apart from each other years. Today, we are looking at a year just about since January 6th. We are looking at uh, uh, several years since Donald Trump. We are looking at a decade since Occupy Wall Street. And you will see, we will, we will see down the line whether or not January 6th is the opening of the final phase. As I've stated in other videos, and I think bears repeating, to all the doubters, to all the naysayers, particularly those on the left, when they say, oh, Tim, civil war, blah, blah, blah. They think it won't happen. And they say, where's that civil war you were talking about, Tim? And then I just dryly go, on January 6th, about 800 Trump supporters stormed into the Capitol, shutting down the Electoral College vo- uh, voting process to determine the president. And then I, you get the point. Now, you can make, make all the comments you want about, you know, the doors were opened by the cops in some circumstances. My point is, if their issue is to come to me and say I'm wrong, and I just keep, I can c- keep referencing all of these things that have come to fruition. I'm not saying that we are guaranteed down that path just because, you know, this is the gambler's fallacy. They go look at the roulette wheel and it says, you know, the last five rolls were red. And they say to themselves, well, certainly, you know, black must be due. So they, you know, put 50 bucks on black and then red comes up again. And they're like, how is that possible? Because each individual roll is an independent action. Well, yeah, that's the gambler's fallacy. I'm pretty sure the sunk cost fallacy is I've bet so much. I better keep going. But there's a lot of people who don't want to believe. They say it can't happen here. Well, this expert is literally saying it happened here. Of course, she's blaming Trump. Things deteriorated so dramatically under Trump, in fact, that the U.S. no longer technically qualifies as a democracy. Yes, but was that Trump's fault? I don't think so. They say U.S. democracy had received the polity index score of 10 or close to it for much of its history. But in the five years of the Trump area, it tumbled precipitously into the anocracy zone. By the end of his presidency, the score was fallen to a five. And they go on to say that other countries are, are better, like Canada and New Zealand. 
Yeah, well, they're literally mandating medical procedures on their population. I wouldn't call that democracy. They go on to add, it's not just this one person. Others have reached similar findings. The Stockholm-based International Institute for Democracy and Electoral Assistance put the U.S. on a list of backsliding democracies in a report last month. So this is what we've seen, and this is what they're saying now. You can go ahead and believe it won't happen here. They say the enemies of democracy must not be allowed to prevail. We are on the doorstep of the open insurgency stage of civil conflict. And Walter writes that once countries cross that threshold, the CIA predicts, quote, sustained violence as increasingly active extremists launch attacks that involve terror and guerrilla warfare, including assassinations and ambushes. It is no exaggeration to say the survival of our country is at stake. MSNBC's Mehdi Hassan. You can't really. There we go. On MSNBC, when it, what's the day? October 11th, MSNBC said, is another civil war really possible in America? They entertained this question. And now from the Washington Post, three retired generals, the military must prepare now for a 2024 insurrection. I do not know what will happen. And I have stated in every video talking about this, that for all I know, tomorrow, a Trump, a, a proud boy in a MAGA hat walks with an American flag into Boston, in, into, the, into a park in Boston or Philadelphia. And an Antifa guy runs up jogging, pulling his beanie and his mask off or pulling his hoodie down and ripping that mask off with tears in his eyes. And he throws the, his arms in the air and embraces that proud boy. And they say, we can't fight anymore. We need to come together. I know I'm exaggerating, but do you really believe that the far left and the right, because let's be real, it's not really the far right. But do you believe that even a Democrat and a Trump supporter are going to meet and they're going to embrace hands and say, it's time to unite this country. And then every every Trump supporter and every Democrat, you know, Biden supporter and the left, they're all going to cheer and celebrate, hold hands under the sun and sing good morning, starshine. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Many believe that COVID would be the unifying force, but it's not. Now, look, as I said, I could be wrong. Maybe everyone just gets bored. Jokes aside, maybe everyone's just like, I don't want to do this. Leave me alone. I want to go watch Spider-Man. I went there. I had a great time. Good movie. Good nostalgia. Ah, it was so awesome. I'm just glad they did what they did with that movie. And maybe that's what people really want. And maybe that calms things down. But I don't believe that will change the fact that there are politically active people in by the millions that are angry and are demanding. The Washington Post. Paul D. Eaton, Antonio M. Taguba, and Stephen M. Anderson. These are retired generals. They say, as we approach the first anniversary of the deadly insurrection at the Capitol, we, all of us, former senior military officials, are increasingly concerned about the aftermath of the 2024 presidential election and the potential for lethal chaos inside our military, which would put all Americans at severe risk. In short, we are chilled to our bones at the thought of a coup succeeding next time. One of our military strength that it draws from a diverse population collection of individuals. The signs of potential turmoil in our armed forces are there. He goes on to mention that many of the people who were there were veterans that a service record in, in, in D.C. Recently, he mentions many, the, com- the commanding general of the Oklahoma National Guard refused an order from Biden mandating vaccination of the National Guard. Mancino claimed that while the Oklahoma Guard is not federally mobilized, his commander in chief is the Republican governor of the state, not the president. The potential for a total breakdown of the chain of command along partisan lines from the top of the chain to squad levels is significant should another insurrection occur. Perhaps there is one thing, though, 
that could stop this. There is one thing. The vaccine mandates in the military. If they discharge enough people who are refusing the vaccine, maybe they will weed out these people from the military and then the military won't split. But I have to wonder if that even matters, because these people being discharged is stripping apart the military, in which case 30,000 members, where do they go? And just because someone got the vaccine doesn't mean they support the mandates. You can be pro-vax and anti-mandate as much as, you know, most of the establishment media would not admit to. I want to show you something that I posted that that is partially true. So we have this story from the Daily Beast. Fascist anti-vax riot sparks COVID outbreak in Australia with Rupert Murdoch's help. You see, here's what I predicted. I predicted that first, you know, Australia, they built these quarantine camps. I didn't predict they would do that, but they did. And I said, wow, it's only a matter of time until there's a large protest against the lockdown. The media then claims the protest caused an outbreak. People are then taken from that outbreak and placed in these camps. I tweeted, called it. Next up is placing those in the outbreak into quarantine at the new Aussie camps. And I was called a conspiracy theorist and a moron, because as we heard from Quillette, from Josh Zepps, these were just international arrival bungalows. <laughs> Tim, you crazy. Yeah, now what are they doing? Well, we heard from one young woman, an interview from Unheard, that she was taken from her home as a citizen in Australia to the quarantine camp against her will with no due process. So we're not necessarily at the point where they're arresting the protesters, but they're certainly taking and detaining their own citizens, inching toward what I predicted would happen. It's only a matter of time before the international arrival bungalows take people from their homes and put them there. And I was told that would never happen. It's not happening. and I'm crazy. and I'm a conspiracy theorist. And I said, yeah, well, whatever, you know, whatever. Now they're doing it. Now they are doing it. Maybe this is where we will head to in terms of civil war. I don't know. I really don't. I people like people like to say that because I'm seeing the signs and reporting on two different op eds from the Washington Post believing we're there or MSNBC. These are left publications that I must want one. No, I want to watch more Spider-Man movies. I want to go hang out with my friends at, 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 a, at the sports bar. They're open. And I mentioned this before, open in the new Barstool Sports Arena at the local casino. And oh, man, you're going to sit down, beer on tap. There's wings, big, huge 40 foot screen. That is going to be so much fun up on a balcony. Ah, oh, man, I love it. That's what I want. I want people to live peacefully. I want them to have fun with their friends, to eat, drink and be merry, to have life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. But you see, increasingly within this country, people, they can't agree on what's going to make them happy or not, or how this country should go. And thus, chaos is, is coming. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention it. You know, the, 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 the interview we did on Tim Castile with R.A. the Rugged Man. You know, that whole circumstance says to me, I think we're in serious trouble, worse than I, I, I probably wanted to believe. And a lot of people don't want, you know, they keep saying it's, it's black-pilled, it's pessimistic. It's not necessarily. The night is always darkest before the dawn. Just because there's something bad on the horizon doesn't mean you ignore everything else. You may be in a beautiful ship with a rainbow to your right and a sun in the sky, but a storm off to your left. Or which one is that? That's a starboard? I don't know. And the storm's bad. And I'm telling you the storm is coming. It doesn't mean we ignore the beauty all around us or what lies beyond that storm. What I mean to say is, although these things may happen, there's a potential net benefit. 
if, you know, it results in more personal freedom, if it is something that happens in 80 year cycles in this country, prosperity lies beyond. And it's unfortunate that we have to go through periods of turmoil, but it seems it's what humans are, are almost destined for. The New York Times vaccine holdouts in Army and Navy will be dismissed. And we've already started seeing it. Let's, let, let, let me show you some of what's going on. Governor Abbott is refusing to enforce the COVID-19 mandate for the National Guard. Wow. So it's not just Oklahoma. Five more states challenge Pentagon's vaccine mandate for guardsmen. Five states. From the Daily Mail, the U.S. military is delaying religious exemptions for more than 12,000 troops. We're being ripped apart. We are being, we're being ripped apart. And, may, and maybe it's, I don't know. There's a lot of people who just don't want to believe it can happen here. And I'm telling you, don't, don't, don't believe that. I mean, you, I've just talked about this so much that it's crazy to be at this point that every single time I've done a segment on this, I'm told it's not going to happen. And then every single time we see something bringing us closer and closer to that brink. Here's another story from the Daily Mail. America is a tinderbox and the whole thing will blow up if one more match is lit, activist warns after teenager is cleared in the Kyle Rittenhouse case. I think they're right. And you have to understand that you might not agree with them or like them, but they feel this way and they are ready. Now, here's the important thing you need to understand. 2021 is an off cycle year. There was no there were elections, but no major cycle elections. And so everyone's exhausted from 2020 and things kind of just, bleh. you know, everyone's kind of not really paying attention, not a whole lot to do. People were just tired. 2022 is when the fight rages back, when the midterms are coming. The Republicans are expected to take a red, expecting a, a red wave, and they may get it. Maybe not. I don't know. And if they do, the Democrats will lose their minds. They're already non-cooperative. The only reason anything is happening right now is because Democrats were extremely violent. And yeah, I mean it because Antifa absolutely, as much as they hate the establishment, do align more so with the Democrats and would embrace it. Many regular young people who are not really Antifa or Black Lives Matter will march with these violent riots. That's my point. So long as they're in control, people sleep. Barack Obama gets elected. All the anti-war left goes to sleep. Not everyone, but a lot of them. If the Republicans take control, then you're going to see urban liberals marching alongside Antifa in greater and greater numbers. And then what happens come 2023 when Trump promises a return to normalcy and more and more people come out for him? You see, Republicans don't do this. When Republicans are out of power, they complain on the Internet. They get banned. They get silenced. They refuse to speak up for their own children. But if they end up winning politically, the left, well, they're going to throw a Molotov into that tinder box. In a statement from the White House, from this is from uh, Mr. Zients, who is part of the coronavirus task force, he says, for the unvaccinated, you're looking at a winter of severe illness and death for yourselves, your family and the hospitals you may soon overwhelm. It is expected that Joe Biden will address the nation Tuesday with a stark warning for unvaccinated people eyeing a potentially stark shift in messaging around ending the pandemic. Many people believe this may be more mandates, more lockdowns, more restrictions. We don't know. Or he may just insult people. But we already are inching towards the extreme lockdowns, which I believe could bring about very serious consequences for this country. Assembly Bill A416 relates to the removal of cases, contacts and carriers of communicable diseases who are potentially dangerous to the public health. From the New York State Senate, currently bill status in Assembly Committee. It's in committee. It was reported on earlier this year. 
It's been reintroduced since 2015, and we are told by PolitiFact that it is fake news. It's fake news. The New York State Senate, Senator Kevin Thomas, uh, uh, on his page, we can see detention camp bill misinformation spreads on social media. Randy F. Marshall says it's fake news. It's not real. Let me tell you what is real. The bill exists. It's sitting there. It's been introduced. Give the governor the power to unilaterally decide who's a threat to public health, to take them and decide where to put them. That would be taking a citizen without charge or trial and no due process and removing them. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Why was it reintroduced? Why was it introduced in the first place? And why shouldn't we be worried that people have even postulated on the idea? Certainly we can say this should never come up in American discourse, but it is, and it has in the past. The Japanese were interned, violation of due process, because, well, sometimes you get people with power, and they'll take it and they'll exploit it and they'll use it. Bad people. And right now you've got the establishment saying we are effectively in a wartime period. And so how long until they say we must, more importantly, what if the military, the retired generals are correct and that we do see a split in the military? What if this, this doctor, this uh, CIA advisor is correct and we are on the verge of a civil war? And then under the guise of COVID, New York begins removing undesirables. What if? The bill exists, doesn't it? It's the direction we're inching towards. Eric Swalwell tweeted, on a flight now to Bay Area, and it's 100% baddie that the unvaccinated are allowed to fly. It's unsafe in the cabin, and we are transporting the virus. Requiring the vaccine to fly is the least we can do to stop the spread. Mara Gay, Mayor Bill de Blasio, asks Biden to invoke the Defense Production Act. Says rightly that NYC needs more at-home tests, more monoclonal antibody treatments, and fast-tracking of Pfizer's antiviral pill Paxlovid. From the New York Times, whiplash on U.S. vaccine mandate leaves employers totally confused. Totally confused employers stripping away the economy of this country. Inflation is through the roof. There's breakthrough cases among very high profile individuals. Businesses don't know whether they can, can't or have to mandate masks or vaccines or what's even going on anymore. And a lot of people like to mention Yuri Bezmenov. You know, he talks about demoralization. And he is correct. And it's come to pass. So I can tell you, maybe what I see when I read all this news, I see conflict between two sides, those in the matrix and those outside of it. Now, certainly, if you're outside the matrix, you can believe things that are incorrect. And certainly, if you're inside it, you may see things that are true. But there are many people who are establishment Democrat and left who don't do research. I'll give a shout out to Vosh. You may be familiar with him. He's a, a Twitch streamer and YouTuber, and he's considered left wing. But I think it's fair to say that he holds um, 
many traditional conservative positions that we've seen uh, in, in the 90s, 2000s, notably the defense of corporations, their rights and the CIA and their black sites. Now, I'm not saying that to say that all of his opinions are typically always aligned with this, but I bring that up to make a point. People like Vosh, um, while he did recently defend me, he also called me a conservative. Meanwhile, conservatives say Tim Pool is anything but a conservative. He's certainly not. And I'm not. Not a suit-wearing TP USA going, flag-waving individual. Never have been. Actually, rather, in many ways, libertarian or uh, even anarchist in some ways, philosophically in, to a certain degree. But then there's also a difference between idealism and realism. So I don't know. I, don't, I fall into a weird position. I think ultimately what it comes down to is that I believe in reality. My political positions may lean left. I don't trust the government, but I know what's true and what's not to a greater degree than the average person. We did an analysis on Timcast IRL of political positions and found that most of the news I interact with is left-leaning, 55%, followed by about a quarter of the news I interact with being moderate independent, and then another quarter being about right-wing. People like Vosh, for instance, 95% left-wing news. So what happens is you'll get people who watch this clip, say about R.A. the Rugged Man. You may have seen that going viral, and they don't watch the full thing. Because the full context of that clip was Tim Pool, who um, mematically refers to himself as mixed race, explaining that white supremacists are bad, they're evil, and they actually attacked my family because my family is second generation mixed race. And then a white man laughed, said, that never happened. You're lying. You're Jesse Smollett. It's interesting because Vosh made a good point. He said to his audience, if this was anyone else, a mixed race person saying they experienced racism and a white person was laughing in their face, you would be on their side, but you just don't like Tim Pool. Vosh was correct about this, but also incorrect about other things. But it exemplifies why I think conflict is where we are headed, and it has to do with those who are in the matrix and those are outside of it. While Vosh makes a very good point, he only actually saw a few small clips of the show for which he made an incorrect statement about me being a conservative. In fact, he's made some progress. The first time he came on the show, he called me far right. And then actually having talked with him, he's like, oh, you're actually conservative. But if he actually were to watch the show in great length and great detail, he'd be like, oh, you're actually like a liberal. But he doesn't. His audience doesn't. And they don't care. They're in the matrix. They don't do research. They can't leave. They're they're stuck in a bubble and they're angry. And that's I think that's 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 where the pessimism comes from. So I'll put it this way. If you guys know me. And you know, I just did a whole 37 minutes or whatever addressing the R.A. the Rugged Man incident, where I explained systemic racism is real. I believe racism is bad. I believe the black community in the United States uh, has been deeply and negatively impacted by this. And, and as, the, as such, they now experience systemic racism from the remnants of these policies. People my own age grew up in houses that were placed in areas due to redlining or had low family uh, net worth because of blockbusting, which were racist policies and they were legal. Now they're not. Millennials, people our age are still experiencing that. That's real. So how is it that abolish the police and systemic racism as a problem is a conservative position? Well, it's not. It's clearly not. But you know where you and I agree for the most part? Reality. We agree on reality. We agree that Donald Trump was not a god emperor. And there were silly jokes for many people. They love to make those jokes and just make the memes. But come on, we know that many Trump supporters don't really believe it. They like the crassness and the crudeness because Trump was pushing back. But they boo Trump when he supports the vaccine because it's not a cult. Certainly there are some people who are in a Trump cult. 
But they don't know this on the left. They live in a bubble they don't see, see outside of. And that's the blue pill, red pill analogy. You and I can agree that Donald Trump did a lot of good things. The economy was doing really well. He did some bad things, you know, missile strikes in Syria and commando raids in Yemen and drone strikes, things we don't like. Uh, but he was actively working towards withdrawing trips in the Middle East. And we like that. We can recognize that Joe Biden is inherently corrupt, has always been corrupt. His family's fortunes have tracked his career. That's Politico reporting that. We can recognize that I just used CNN and NBC and the Washington Post as sources, but they get things wrong a lot and they do have political actors in their organizations. But if you are someone who blindly follows the mainstream media, and doesn't believe they're lying to you or just chooses to only read them without reading any conflicting news sources, any conservative news sources, then you are in a bubble and you'll believe incorrect things and you will tell your audience, well, Tim Pool's a conservative and by necessity a racist. But if that were the case, as I stated, Vosh would be a conservative to a certain degree. I mean, it's not really true, right? But when Vosh supports corporate personhood indirectly, when he says that corporations have the right to ban people from the commons that they've seized, well, that's typically where we saw the industrialist conservative types in the 90s and 2000s. Now, I'm making a point. I don't really believe he's conservative. I think he's just authoritarian overtly. And I believe that that's mostly due to the fact that he is in the matrix. He stepped outside of it more so than many on the left will by coming on my show. And thus, his opinion changed from Tim Pool is far right to Tim Pool is a conservative. But think about all these other leftists. You know they don't come on our show. They refuse. And I'll say this. I invited Hassan Piker on the show again, and we would cover all accommodated costs or whatever. He didn't respond. He doesn't have to. He doesn't owe me anything. But it's a fact. The people in the Matrix don't want to come out of it. They're scared. So what happens when those who are in the Matrix are confronted by those who are outside of it? Violence. Anger. There are people who are desperate to fit in. And there are people who are independent. There's collectivists and individualists. The right is too individualist. So therefore, they don't do much. They don't organize. But the left, overwhelmingly collectivist, they lose their minds and march and burn things to the ground when they don't get, that, when they don't get what they want. But the individualists, well, on the right, they tend to be armed. And with record gun buying and everything we're seeing, I definitely believe that we are marching towards a conflict. It doesn't have to be this way, and I hope it isn't. But there's a big difference between predicting something that will, uh, will happen and wanting it to. And I'll give a mention to Ian Crossland, who is on the Timcast IRL show, and he's, he's out for the, for the holiday, as is basically everybody. But I try to work through the holidays, and it's really difficult. And he says that simply by telling people I'm making it worse. And you know what? He's not wrong. He's not wrong factually, but I believe it's wrong philosophically. There's a challenge here. I see what's happening. It's been happening. It's been getting worse. Okay. Do I stock up on supplies, move to the mountains and become a prepper and say, screw everyone else. I'm getting out of here. Or do I say as a participant in the society, I'm going to talk about what I see, talk about why it's bad, namely China will take over and just make predictions based on what's occurring in this country. Well, if people thought that reporting the news would result in problems, they wouldn't report the news. And that's true. So we need to. We need to tell people, here's what we see. Here's what's happening. Here's what people are saying. And then when people are hearing about it, it may be bad. It may actually result in more people being focused on it and push us closer to the, to the problem. But I do not believe in authoritarianism. I do not believe that I should withhold information from the public out of fear of what might happen. No, I believe you should know the truth. You should hear what I think and hear uh, what I feel. And I could be wrong. 
And so could this, this CIA advisor, professor. So could these generals. They could all be wrong. But then I'll just ask you, based on everything you've heard, what do you think? Comment and let me know. And I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. We'll be live at 8 p.m. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you all then. A viral video has emerged over the past weekend, and it's not too dissimilar to what we saw with these vaccine mandate protests at Cheesecake Factory and some other locations. It's a man at a Panera Bread. He's being arrested. There are some people there with the American flag. Cops are running in, telling him to stop resisting, putting his hands behind his back. And there's an interesting debate. Initially, when I saw the, uh, the protest footage from, I think it was Cheesecake Factory, it is fair to point out, you can't trespass. And that's what the police are going to enforce. But the reason you're trespassing in this particular instance is that the guy was like, you can't kick me out for not being vaccinated. So the police are not technically enforcing a vaccine mandate. They're enforcing private property laws. But the problem is the state is coercing the businesses into banning people who aren't vaccinated. And thus, the enforcers of this become the police. And for that, I completely blame the police. You know, on Timcast IRL, we've talked about the vaccine mandates in New York City. And uh, Libby Emmons, who's a frequent guest on the show, she's the editor-in-chief of The Post Millennial. She tells us, well, look, the NYPD wasn't enforcing these mask mandates and these restrictions and lockdowns. In fact, they had to bring in state troopers last year. And that's true. It's not true anymore. Because whether directly or indirectly now, it is the NYPD that is choosing to arrest people because they are unvaccinated and trying to order food. In fact, in this video, the dude who's filming is like, I'm a paying customer, man. I just ordered some food. And they're like, get out. He's like, I want my food. And they're like, get out. These cops don't know, don't care, and therein lies the problem. When the cops were saying, we are not going to enforce this and you can't make us, that was them knowing and caring. When they're now saying, I don't know and I don't care, then you get the banality of evil. The fact that police are just doing their jobs and it's become commonplace. The story from TimCast.com, man arrested at Panera Bread in Brooklyn for attempting to eat without a vaccine passport. That's technically true. It's, it's hard to get the proper framing on this because technically it's they asked him to leave. But literally it's they asked him to leave because he did not have a vaccine passport. A video is currently going viral of a man being arrested for attempting to eat at a Brooklyn, New York Panera Bread without a vaccine passport. Timcast has confirmed the incident occurred at the Panera Bread location in Gateway Center. It's a Brooklyn shopping center. Independent photographer Leroy Johnson captured a video of the incident. He wrote the man arrested is an activist and army veteran who was also arrested twice last week for trying to order food. You know what? I have tremendous respect for this man. Nonviolent civil disobedience. And that's what he's saying, too. And he's making a point. He's going in over and over and over again. Quote, activists against mandates was just arrested at Panera Bread in Brooklyn. That's for the uh, in, in a Brooklyn. That's for the vaxxed only. The same man was arrested two times last week for trying to order food. He's the army veteran Johnson tweeted with video of the arrest. The Constitution of the United States is being violated, the man said, as he was swarmed by multiple police officers. Tim Cass spoke to a manager at the cafe who refused to comment on the incident. Quote, nope, sorry, honey, nope, no comment, no, no thank you, the manager said before hanging up the phone, which is technically a comment. I love how that works out. Bill de Blasio has implemented a key to the city vaccine passport program for indoor dining, fitness and entertainment. The mandate applies to everyone over the age of five and now requires two vaccine doses for New Yorkers over age 12. Quote, 
New York City will not give a single inch in the fight against COVID-19. Vaccination is the only way out of this pandemic. And there are bold first in the nation measures to encourage New Yorkers to keep themselves and their communities safe, said Bill de Blasio in a statement earlier this month. From workplace mandates to $100 incentives to mobile and at-home vaccination offerings, no place in the nation has done more to end the COVID era. And if you have not taken this step yet, there's no better day than today to stand up for your city. And I absolutely despise, I hate Bill de Blasio, isn't it? I don't like to say that, you know, I don't like to hate. But there's your news. Now let's talk about, you know, what's going on with this. Well, New York broke a record for COVID cases. Well, they say that it's not the record for hospitalizations, though, but they have a record-breaking COVID cases over the past uh, couple of days. And so they come and they tell us that the vaccine is working. And I, I think there's a few important things to say about that. Does the vaccine reduce hospitalization? Actually, the data would suggest that seems to, that, that that's the case. But what they're trying to say is that in order to stop the spread of the virus, the vaccine will work. Well, I can tell you this. Based on the official mainstream news reporting that is coming out, it does not seem to be the case, at the very least, on the surface. I can't speak to the science, and I often, I really hate to. But if New York has more cases now, if they're breaking records, and we have more COVID deaths this year, this transmission is not being stopped. You tell me why. I don't know. But we, there, there, there's an impossibility. How do you reconcile these two points? So you know what? I'll, t- I'll say this. I won't make a judgment call on the vaccines. I actually think reduced hospitalizations is actually being reported. Along. It's, the same, it's the same data set I'm citing right now. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll say for sure. But I'll say a couple things. If cases are up, if COVID deaths are up this year over last year, and the vaccine's been out all year, you decide. I have no idea. I'm not going to pretend to be the scientist. I'm going to tell you right there, those two, those two issues reported in the news, you can't reconcile. At least I can't. So, you know, as I always say, you know, go, go and talk to a trusted medical professional. And the reason I say trusted is you got to make sure you're doing your due diligence on, on who's, who's talking to you about all this stuff. But I, I'll point out to this guy who got arrested, activist against mandates. Do they, 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 I don't know if they said his name in this. He's an army veteran, but it looks to be the exact same guy. That's what they said at this with this story from Fox News. Cheesecake Factory in New York City is site of vaccine mandate protest. Six arrested. Similar incidents have occurred elsewhere involving opponents of vaccines. You know what? I respect the nonviolent civil disobedience because Bill de Blasio is saying over and over again, he is going to jam his boot up your butt. He's going to keep doing it and he loves it and he gloats in it. And you know who I, I blame? You know who I blame for all of this? The police, the NYPD. It's your fault, each and every one of you, because you are willing to either do this job of, of, of enforcing this, or you're willing to sit back and watch it happen with a smile on your face. Oh, I know, I know. There's probably a lot of NYPD who don't have a smile on their face about it, who don't know what to do, but I am sick and tired of the pathetic, spineless, whiny argument when people are like, you got to you got to understand there's a lot of people that they they can't do anything. It's, it's like, you know, they're stuck in this position. And I'm like, dude, if you come to me, if the feds knock on my door and they say, Mr. Paul, unless you start producing propaganda and do as we say, we're going to make your life a living hell. I'd be like, have at it, buddy. I don't care. I'm not playing that game. So I understand life is hard. Look, 
I worked for a news company that wanted me to produce trash, woke garbage. I said, no, break my contract. I would rather be unemployed. And I guess fine. People are like, Tim, you're single. You don't have kids or whatever, dude. All I can tell you is if that's where you're at, if you're a police officer in, police officer in New York City and you've got a family, let me just let me just tell you, OK, at least your kid will have food on his plate before he spends the rest of his life in the gulag. And I would say the gulag, it's, it's, it's meant to be a bit silly and facetious. But you're going to sit back and be a part of this. Then I, I, I look forward to the, I, I, I really want to see the look on your face when your kid is the one being renditioned by the state, because that's what you're supporting. Let me show you this transcript from from NYC.gov. Smirconish says, you know, uh, so Smirconish is CNN. He's talking to Bill de Blasio. He says, you know, I feel I feel it here in New York City, by the way. I'm from Philadelphia, so it's not like I live in a rural area, but I feel it in every block that I walk in New York City. But if I were in the middle part of the country with you, I don't think we'd see masks. Fact check. You would not. I don't know. I don't live in the middle part of the country. I'm like an hour from D.C. No masks, no mandates. You know, we went out to a nice restaurant last night. We went, went, we went to the casino because it's a great little spot to hang out. Everyone had a good time. And uh, we're up, by the way. Uh, and it means we made money at the casino. And uh, no masks, no mandates. Everybody's fine. No COVID outbreaks. Everybody's just doing their thing, eating food and living life like normal. Same is true in Florida, who has like the lowest case rate. He says, and we know uh, he's, he's OK. So I'm sorry. He says, if we're in the middle of part, part of the country, I don't think we'd see masks. I don't think we'd be showing our vax cards anywhere. So I come back to that point where unless everyone's on the same page in the country, we're kind of screwed. Really? Florida, lowest cases, New York, record breaking. Maybe you guys are morons. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. He says, unless I was on, everyone's on the same page. So here's where Bill Blasio comes in. He says, you know how you get on the same page? People have to lead. So look, I believe with enough leadership, enough mandates, we're going to get a hell of a lot more people vaccinated. That's more people vaccinated. The more we actually make the transition to a time when COVID is in the background, not the foreground. And we know these mandates work and we know people respond. Look, human beings are pretty predictable. If you say your paycheck depends on it or your ability to enjoy life and go do the things you want to do, people will make the practical decision overwhelmingly and they'll go get vaccinated. But we aren't pushing hard enough. We've got to go further. You know what? If you live in New York, I don't care. You vote for this. You deserve it. You stay in this place, you're going to get it. And you know what I'll do? I'll go enjoy myself at a nice restaurant where there's no mandates, no masks, and I can have a nice piece of uh, dry aged ribeye or whatever. I don't know. Is that, is that what it is? Or I'm probably getting my steaks wrong. I don't know a lot about steaks. The point is, I'm trying to say I can go out and enjoy my life and I don't got to worry about some crackpot Warren Wilhelm moron who's going to be like, I will take away from you your paycheck. I will take away from you your pursuit of happiness to force you to put this in your body. You want to live that way? Fine. But let's talk about the good old police who want to help make this a reality. 
Now, for a long time, the NYPD wasn't enforcing it. And technically, they're still they're, they're not necessarily in this regard, these stories I brought up, because I do understand trespassing. Look, if somebody's trespassing, the cops got to remove them. That's true. And that's a fact. If somebody came into my house and I said, get out, I'd expect the cops to remove them. Now, here's the coercion. The businesses are only kicking them out because they're worried about getting fined. So it is, it is these individuals in New York City, these pathetic, spineless losers. And, and this is the banality of evil. The banality of evil, or I should say the commonplace of it. The Panera Bread staffers, Panera Bread manager. I'll tell you this. You know where I'm not going to be eating from now on? I'm not going to eat at Cheesecake Factory. I'm not going to eat a Panera Bread. Mark my words. And uh, aside from the fact that I, I've cut out sugar uh, for the most part from my diet, so I have no reason to go to Cheesecake Factory or Panera Bread. No, Cheesecake Factory, actually, I'm a big fan of. I, I, they got an amazing menu, but I'm never going to go there again. Why? If you're going to discriminate against people without question and call upon the state to remove them because you demand a medical procedure, I don't care what the state says. It's you. You know who's at fault for all of this? The people at fault are the workers of New York. The working people of New York are the bad guys. The working people in general aren't the bad guys. And a lot of people are saying they can't go up against the state. Yes, they can. They absolutely can. Many people throughout history have stood by, uh, they, 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 they stood their ground and said, no, nonviolent civil disobedience. It works. And this guy, this army veteran, he's doing that. The screwed up thing, though, is Bill de Blasio is beating working class people into submitting to him and they're agreeing to it. And if you do, you're the bad guy. I'll put it this way, man. If 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 someone comes to you and threatens you and says, if you don't do what I say, I'm going to hurt you or whatever. And then you come to my house. Let's say there's a guy and he's like, hey, go go break into Tim Pool's house. You think I'm going to be like, I can't blame the guy breaking into my house. He was forced to do it. No, thank you. The guy tries to break in my house. I will defend myself from him. I don't care what your reason is. Your, your life does not give you the right to, to crush the pursuit of happiness, the liberties of others. You cannot, because you're under duress, strip other people of their rights. Don't care. It's you. You're the problem. The people at Panera Bread, the people in Cheesecake Factory, the mayor is saying outright, he doesn't view you as a person. He views you as a chicken in a chicken coop. He says, we got them all locked up in a pen. Hey, I'll tell you this. I don't like, we, we built these nice little houses for our chicken, these little, little insulated little rooms. They don't use it. And they're going to get a little frostbite on the little doodles. I don't want that to happen. Well, you know what I do? I go in there and I put up obstacles. Because you can't tell the chicken what to do, but you can block the chicken from doing the things you don't want him to do. That's how Bill de Blasio treats you in New York City. And you go along with it. And you say, I will do whatever Warren Wilhelm tells me to do because you're a pathetic, spineless coward. And I long for the day when you see your children under this tyranny. I long for that day because that is the banality of evil. These are the people who are unwilling to stand up and say no. But this veteran, these, these activists, the people putting up the stickers, the people who are engaging in the nonviolence of disobedience, they're the heroes. And you're the villain. I don't know who exactly is watching or I'm talking to. But I'm just sick of this. I'm sick of reading every single story where all throughout the last year, why was this happening? Because regular people were saying okay to it. That's what you get. And look at this now. Here we go. 
NYPD is forcing all cops to wear face masks while on duty, regardless of vaccination status, as COVID Omicron variant sweeps the U.S. All right. Well, in the past videos we've seen, the cops weren't wearing masks, so maybe they're implementing it now. The department was informed of the order on Sunday night amid the surge in COVID cases. Apparently, there's going to be more news coming out of uh, from Joe Biden. Lockdowns are likely going to get worse. They're happening in Europe. I said lockdowns would likely get worse. New York is engaging in these lockdowns, but they're doing something really weird. They're saying we're locking everybody down unless you get vaccinated. Meanwhile, New York has the as record-breaking cases, but I guess, okay, hospitals aren't overwhelmed. Or they, are, they actually, they are, but their hospitalizations aren't as high. But then I guess COVID deaths are higher this year across the United States, so I, I don't know what to tell you. Now, what we hear from many of these people who are pro-mandate and pro-licking boot is that if everyone doesn't get on the same page, then we're never going to solve this problem. Surprise, people aren't on the same page. Did you not realize that was the case? It will never be the case. I think Sarah Palin said over her dead body she wouldn't get the vaccine. I tell you, man, at a certain point, there needs to be, you need to say something. You need to stand up. You need to move. I just I just don't understand it. I really don't. I really, really don't get it. Um, I grew up in in pretty bad conditions and I was willing to be homeless. I guess people aren't willing to do that for their kids. And that's where they own you. They own you and they own your kids and your kids will become cogs in their machine. That's the crazy thing to me. This idea that it's like you, you you're you, you know what? Let me let me put it this way. Uh, give me liberty or give me death. It's famous, the famous quote, right? Was that Thomas Paine who said that? Um, who was the other? What was the other? other uh, no, 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 no. Was it? Yeah, it was Thomas Paine. Was it? Okay, I'm probably getting it wrong. But you also have New Hampshire, you know, live free or die. Think about the way the founding fathers felt. And if you agree with them and you like this country, you believe in the founding fathers. Man, these people were straight up like, I want freedom. Guess I'll have to risk dying. And they did. They risked their sacred honor, their treasure, their own blood, their families were put at risk. That's the crazy thing to me. To all these people who were like, I got kids, man. And I'm like, yeah, the founding fathers all had kids too. And I think they had way more actually because they were having like crazy amounts of kids back then. All of that was put on the line for what they believed in. Now people are saying, I would rather my children live under a boot. Like people are saying the opposite right now. Give me, give me security and take away my freedom is basically what they're saying. Is it, you know what I mean? Like, it's just the craziest thing that a country founded upon give me liberty or give me death has now become to a great degree among even people on the right independents, but especially among the left, the Democrats, it's become a give me state security and tell me what to do. I'm just like, wow. People back then were literally like, meh, rather die, rather die than live under your boot. Now they're like, meh, rather send my own children to the gulag to starve than risk them not eating today. And I'm like, is that what the future you want for your kids is? Apparently so. I know it's easy. I don't have kids. That's what they say. They say, Tim, you don't have kids. I get it. I get it. It's true. It, it, it is true. But I also think it's regardless of the emotional factor there or the, the hardship, it is also true that while I may not understand the difficult decision that you have to make, the people with kids, I can tell you this. You know it's true that your kid will be, you know, living with a boot up, a boot up his ass, and he'll be begging the state. So I can tell you this: What kind of future do you want for your kid? 
One where you risk everything and your kid goes through hardship, maybe it makes him a stronger person, but you'll survive. You will. Or do you want your kid to grow up living under the boot and just being subservient to the state who continually just escalates the insanity? I mean, that's for you to decide, man. It's absolutely for you to decide. I'm not going to pretend that uh, I can tell you what you should do with your life, your family. I think you should, you know, talk to medical professionals, make decisions for your life. But hey, that's me. I'm all about you living your life, me live mine. I don't want to have anything to do with, with controlling other people, having power in that way. Nah, I'll complain on the internet. I'll talk big and do whatever. And you can insult me all day and night. That's fine. But it is a fact, regardless of whether you're on the left or the right, if we carry on down this path, your kids will uh, uh, be growing up under a boot. And, you know, there you go. Congratulations. So this army veteran, I'll shout it out to him. He's doing perfect. He's doing the right thing, exactly what needs to be done. If everyone in New York City did what he did, or if everyone walked out of these restaurants when stuff like this happened, it'd be over. But what you need to understand is when the people on the right who oppose this are unwilling to protest, completely unwilling, they're unwilling to risk their jobs because they have kids. You lose, you will lose, and you deserve to lose. Sorry, life's not easy. Life is hard. And hard times make strong men. And right now we're going through hard times. But if you comply and give in, it will just get harder. But perhaps people aren't strong enough to stand up to the machine. There's this funny tweet here from this guy, Hunter Walker. Hunter Walker is a reporter for The Uprising. And he writes, our family's holiday is ruined. This sucks. We did everything right. And variants are raging because some people have decided not to take the take minor precautions. It's amazing how stupid people are, isn't it? It's amazing how dumb they are. I'm not trying to be mean. I don't want to drag this guy. But it's amazing how after two years, after two years, everything we've done, COVID cases are up, deaths are up. I don't know what to tell you. But at a certain point, maybe you need to reassess. At a certain point, you might look at Florida and be like, well, the one place that did everything different kind and the, and the U.S., which is effectively the control, Florida, they're doing great. So we keep the United States for the most part as it is. Everything gets worse. Florida tries something different. Everything is good. But everything gets better. I wonder why that is. I'll leave it there. You know what, man? I know I'm, I'm harsh. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. But the frustrating thing is sitting around watching people just lick Bill de Blasio's feet and smile as they do it. If you live in New York City, you're licking his feet because you're a spineless, pathetic coward. If you are not standing up to this. Now, I'm not I'm not saying every single person in New York. I'm saying the people who aren't standing up, who aren't speaking out, who are just saying, I'll just try to keep my head down because that, that won't work. It hasn't worked. It's not going to work. and It's only going to get worse for you. And then one day you'll be sitting in your little metaverse. You'll, you'll be you'll be sitting in your gray box. It's locked from the outside and you'll be in the metaverse wondering how it all got so bad. I don't know, but at least maybe you'll be in the metaverse having fun as a carrot avatar talking to Mark Zuckerberg or something. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. And uh, man, what a, what, a, what a terrible, dark segment right before Christmas. I feel bad about that. Have a good Christmas, everybody. <laughs> I'll see y'all at 1 p.m. A truck driver was driving in Colorado when he said his brakes failed and he ended up causing a massive crash, which killed several people. For this, he has received 110 years in prison. Now, I've been looking at this story, and I feel like something was, is off about it. Since the beginning, when I read it, I'm like, how did they give a guy 110 years for a car accident? But you know what? This is the reality of how the law works in this country. If you are driving your car and there is a mechanical failure, yeah. Yeah, you'll find yourself going to prison in many circumstances. And it's kind of crazy that's the case. 
Well, now in Colorado, or I should say around the country, there's a massive boycott of Colorado. Truckers are refusing to drive through the state, and they're demanding that this driver be granted granted clemency, granted, granted, as it were. Here's a story from the Daily Mail. Moment, long line truckers boycott Colorado over the state's 110 year sentence for driver who caused fatal accident. Petition to grant clemency attracts 4 million signatures. Now, the reason this is such a big deal, there's already a trucker shortage. Of course, depending on who you ask, they'll tell you there isn't one. There is one. It's actually a pay problem. And the reality is there is a trucker shortage. There's also an issue with jammed up ports. And I feel like everything's getting really, really bad. And there's just people desperate to create, uh, maintain this facade that everything's fine. And it'll, it, it'll be better than ever. Just, just let it all keep going and, 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 and don't pay attention. But no, I think we're on track for something really, really dark. And I think this is another big part of it. The Daily Mail reports, viral TikTok videos claim to show a long line of truckers who are boycotting Colorado, driving around it and refusing to enter the state over the 110 year jail sentence of a fellow driver who caused a huge crash that killed four on a Colorado interstate. Rogel Aguilera Medeiros, 26, was driving a semi on April 25th, 2019 down Interstate down Interstate 70 in Lakewood, Colorado, when he crashed into two dozen vehicles, including four other semi-trucks stuck in rush hour traffic. The impact caused a fireball explosion that incinerated cars and trucks and killed four people. According to TikTok videos, fellow drivers are now refusing to enter the state as a way to denounce the sentence they've deemed harsh and unfair. Quote, They've just offered me $5 the mile to go to Colorado. You know what I told them? No trucks to Colorado. Let's show the entire country what us truckers can do when we stand together. You know what I really find fascinating about truckers? They got balls. And and the reason I say it's fascinating is because cops don't. I should say what I find fascinating in general is that truckers have balls and cops don't. How often do you hear cops saying things like, no, I won't, I won't, I'll just do what I'm told. Well, they told me I have to do it. Don't blame the cops for, for you know, arresting people and shutting down businesses. Truckers are outright like, I don't want your money. We're going to stand together and we're not going to allow this. And there you go. They're going to win because of it. This dude shouldn't be in jail. What these people, what these truckers are saying is that if you drive in Colorado and your brakes fail, you'll go to prison. I find that funny. I find it funny because it's true, but I find it funny because in Minnesota, when, you know, Kim Potter, she shoots Dante Wright in an accident, she says, I'm going to prison. You're damn right you're going to prison. And each and every one of these cops could have stood up and said no. And therein lies the big problem. They don't care. They don't care. And so good, you go to prison. And I hope she does. If you understand that none of the people in your city want you there. They don't support you. In fact, they're sabotaging you. But you insist on defying the will of the people. Well, you know, that's too bad, isn't it? Now, I know maybe it's a little a little contradictory. My point is, I do not I do not appreciate people who refuse to stand up for what's right. I believe police are a fine institution. The problem right now is cops blindly do what they're told without principle. If we had police officers who operated on principle, this country would be incredible. They wouldn't just arrest some kid and destroy his life for no reason. They would respect the Constitution, but they don't. So I'm not going to have any sympathy for these officers. When truckers are showing us they can do it, when truckers are showing us they will do it, but oh, the poor baby police officers won't. Why am I going to? Now, I'll put it this. I'll put it simply. 
Look at this community of people. They're saying we will stand up for what's right. We will stand up for what we will believe in. We will defend our own. And what do the police do? The police are like, well, we're being sold out. And you know what? We'll arrest the cafe owners and then give Black Lives Matter and Antifa exactly what they want. Now, see, that's the, that's, that's the worst of the worst. Sorry, that's just true. Like I was saying, you know, I think a lot of the hype around cops and police brutality is overblown. I believe there are a lot of problems with uh, the police department, but the biggest problems are that they are spineless and unwilling to stand up for what's right. Think about these drivers who are telling their companies, screw off, and cops can't do that. Think about what that means. It means truckers are willing to do what's right for some reason more so than cops are. And cops are more willing to just screw with you and do as they're told the banality of evil. How about that? They say, although the videos have gained traction in recent days, the Colorado Motor Carrier Association said on Friday they were not aware of serious attempts to uh, of a boycott. Now, I think it's fair to point out it might not be every single trucker everywhere. OK, but it is some truckers saying these things. And I will also add, when you have 4.2 million people signing a petition to grant clemency or, or I, I believe it's um, to what do they want to do? They want clemency. That's 4.5 4. million signatures on a petition for clemency. You have to imagine a decent amount of those are truckers, right? Probably. TikTok videos show what do- show dozens of trucks lined up on the side of the road and blocking highways with drivers refusing to enter the Centennial State. U.S. truck drivers are not going to Colorado. No more drivers to Colorado. We are sorry we are standing with Roger. Another video showing more trucks blocking traffic was captioned. We need to stop the country to show Colorado we are drivers, not killers. You see, isn't it amazing that they're willing to engage in nonviolent civil disobedience? Now, I will add, it is frustrating. I remember when I was a kid, we were driving down the highway. I think we were coming back from Minnesota to Chicago or something. And there were some truckers who were side by side in a two lane highway. And they were going like half the speed limit to block everybody. And they were doing it in protest. I can respect the protests. Well, we were in a Jeep, so we easily drove around them and they couldn't do anything about it. But I can respect the protest. I can. And, and, and a lot of people don't like it, right? Because when I see these, these far leftists standing in the street holding up signs, a lot of people are saying things like, you can't block the street. That's a violation of someone else's rights. And I'm just like, those who make peaceful revolution impossible make violent revolution inevitable. If, if the line we accept as a society is that some people will engage in serious destabilization, but nonviolent and temporary, I will accept a bunch of hippie leftists, truckers, or anybody really standing in the street holding a sign creating an inconvenience for which they will be arrested for if it means we can avoid large-scale physical conflict because you need some kind of pressure release valve. But let, make no mistake, you'll be arrested. The dude, uh, the, so we, I covered that story earlier where the guy goes into the cheesecake factory, he goes in the Panera, he gets arrested. I think he should be arrested. I really, really do. I also think more people should engage in nonviolent civil disobedience and challenge these unjust laws, or it's not even a law, it's a decree in, in, in New York. The reason I think the guy should be arrested is that he's trespassing. The problem is the police shouldn't be enforcing it, the stores shouldn't be enforcing it, but he is trespassing. So I believe if you engage in nonviolent civil disobedience, trespassing, you get arrested for it. And you stand up for what you believe in, and we create that we, we create that space. It's kind of like an overlap of what's acceptable and kind of what's not. Because the alternative is a bunch of psychopaths like Antifa smashing up windows and throwing Molotovs through windows. That's that's not a good thing. They go on to say, 
Many supported the protest in the comment section of the videos. Others believe it was an extreme measure that could affect the food supply. Yeah, it can. Quote, as a driver of over 30 years, I have to agree with the sentence. Our job as professional drivers, first and foremost, is to keep the public safe. However, Greg Fulton, president of the Colorado Motor Motor Carriers Association, told ABC News he hasn't seen concerning evidence of a boycott. I'm not seeing really anything that's showing up that boycott in terms of companies missing shipments or other things like that. Yeah, bro. Sometimes it's micro, not macro. Sometimes what we're seeing is a line of a couple dozen truckers in protest. A couple dozen truckers in protest does not mean that every single trucker everywhere is protesting. But this is a manipulation, in my opinion. Not always. This guy could just be dumb. Or they're like, does it really count as a boycott if it's only 50 truckers? Yes, it does. Okay, just because you've got 10,000 or whatever more who aren't engaging, it doesn't mean there's not a significant protest happening. It's just a protest. Fulton said that he feels bad for the driver while he feels for the driver. Calling the crash a mechanical failure, as the petition states, is incorrect. I think our eyes, I think in our eyes is experience, a lack of familiarity with the driver of the mountains. I don't think the company should have put them in the situation, he said. It was an accident. They go on to say, on December 13th, Aguilera Medeiros of Texas was sentenced to 110 consecutive years in prison by county court judge A. Bruce Jones, who said his hands were tied due to mandatory minimum laws in the state. He sentenced Aguilera Medeiros to the minimum in the range available to him on all 27 criminal counts. Rogel, and how do people convict this guy? Rogel Lazaro, Aguilera Medeiros, 23, has nothing on his driving record or on his criminal history. The change uh, petition stated, calling for clemency. The governor is the only person who can grant clemency in the, at the state level. Polis most recently commuted four sentences and issued 18 pardons in December 2020. Clemency usually results in a sentence reduction or a pardon. He had complied with every single request by Jefferson County courts and investigators on the case. There's the, the post from the petition. He's passed all of the drug and alcohol tests that were given, including a chemical test. This accident was not intentional, nor was it a criminal act on the driver's part. No one but the trucking company he is or was employed by should be held accountable for this accident. We are trying to hold the person who needs to be held responsible, responsible. The trunk, trucking company has had several inspections since 2017 with several mechanical violations. The petition goes on to say that Rajel could have done things differently to avoid the courts, but ultimately commended him for taking responsibility and apologizing to the victim's families. Some of the families even offered forgiveness. Rogel is not a criminal. It has become one of the website's top signed petitions after it, after it reached 4 million signatures. Look, this country is run by truckers. It really is. They, 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 are, they are the red blood cells. They are the carriers of goods and resources to the cities. If you're going to, to, to beat down someone over an accident like this, not only does it show we've got serious problems in the justice system, but you are asking for trouble at a time when there is a trucker shortage. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, people need to recognize you do not screw with truckers, man. 
One day they're going to go to their store and there's not going to be any food and they're going to ask questions about why it is. They're going to go to the, the politicians. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this for the governor, for the politicians in Colorado. I long for this day. Regular people show up to their grocery stores and they say, that's weird. There's no cream cheese. Well, the cream cheese shortage is due to cream cheese shortages. But when they go in there for their humble little American vices, perhaps they would like a six pack of beers and there is none. And they want to get some lunch meat and some sandwiches for the kids. And there is none. They're going to start asking questions of their politicians and they're going to say, why is my store empty? And they're going to have to say, well, during a national pandemic food shortage, trucker shortage, we decided to allow a trucker to go to prison for 110 years because of a car accident. And then truckers decided not to show up when there's already so few. It will reflect on them. And you know what? Then they will be voted out. A lot of people are saying this right now about Trump, that Biden is screwing things up so royally that Trump will run as the return to normalcy candidate and he will win. Everything happening will be blamed on those politicians. Indentured servitude, low page and grueling conditions fueling U.S. truck driver shortage. Who would want to be a truck driver right now, especially after that, that, that sentencing of this guy? Now, here's I'll, I'll say this, too. When the story first came out about the sentencing of this guy, I immediately thought it was crazy. But I felt like something had to be wrong and I didn't know enough about it. And therein lies the big challenge. It's also why there's a lot of stories I don't cover. I can't imagine. I couldn't imagine. This guy just crashed his truck. Like he's driving on the road. The brakes failed and he crashed. So they're sending him to prison for beyond his life. That doesn't make sense. The judge said that he, he, he showed, you know, terrible decision making and things like that. And I'm like, Certainly, he must have done something intentionally, negligently. They said he should have taken the runaway truck route. It, you know, it, it levels off. It goes up and then hits rocks to stop them trucks from, you know, crashing into other cars. But at the end of the day, this dude seems to have just made a mistake and, and been in an accident due to a mechanical failure. For that, they want to lock him up. This is one of the reasons why I say I oppose the death penalty. Not in this case. I don't think they're, they're going to give this guy the death. You know, he's going to get a death sentence or anything like that. But there are innocent people, and at the very least, people undeserving of prison who go to prison. And that means there will inevitably, inevitably be innocent people on death row. And there's something rather nightmarish about the, about the thought that there is an innocent person with two cops on either side carrying him to his death by choice. And they don't know, and they don't care, but they believe he's guilty. They don't care if he's innocent or not. And this person could beg and scream and say, I'm innocent, I'm innocent. And they say, yeah, they all say the same thing. But there are people who are innocent, who were wrongly convicted. And then the likes of Kamala Harris, people like her are the ones who gleefully laugh as they flip the switch, pull the lever or do whatever to kill an innocent person. Kamala Harris. They had DNA evidence, her office, that uh, they didn't want to review that would have exonerated an inmate on death row. Could you imagine being locked up for your life over something you know you didn't do wrong? And worse still, the state says, we have the evidence, but we're going to kill you anyway. So I'm not in favor of the death penalty because I don't trust people like Hillary Clinton and Kamala Harris and whoever else. I don't trust any of them. They're going to come to you and they're going to say this, trust us, that person harmed a child. And you're going to say, done, kill him. And then what happens when you find out five, 10 years later, they lied about that. 
What happens you find out later that it was a Julian Assange or a Kyle Rittenhouse? They say, trust us, this this young man killed or shot three people, killing two of them. He deserves death or life in prison. And you say, well, I don't know enough about it, but sure, kill him. Yeah, sorry, I'm not playing that game because there's always a chance unless I personally witnessed it. The state is lying, just like Binger lied, just like Kamala Harris lied, and they would kill people because of it. I don't like bad people. I don't like child abusers. I don't like serial serial killers or anything like that. I don't like any of these people. And to a certain degree, I think that they're a harm to themselves or to society. They should be locked up. And if there is no way to truly contain the person and they are a, a persistent threat, then I do believe in self-defense, the person forfeits their life. If they are attempting to cause great bodily harm to somebody else or to you. But what happens when you have them locked in a steel box? Well, even then, I say it is it is better. It is better that we keep the person locked in a steel box than we kill an innocent. Now, this person's not innocent. I'm saying we know definitively, but we've subdued them. It's hard to know when the person when someone's lying when the state does not have good intentions, and when they actually just want to be cold, callous individuals who want to get a notch on their belt towards a promotion, like Kamala Harris, who kept people in prison uh, beyond their, their potential parole because they wanted slave labor. Yeah, they wanted to pay a dollar an hour to fight, wild, uh, fight wildfires. That's what they do. Or, uh, or when, like I said, she wanted to keep someone on death row, her office didn't want to review the evidence. I can't make a definitive end to someone's life when I know the state does these things. Now we have a story of a man who's going to be in prison for 110 years. And as far as I can tell, over a car accident. This is the problem with the justice system in this country is that it's evolving into a retribution system outright, just pure retribution and callous exploitation. That's why I've said before, the current prison system as we know it should be abolished. We should still have a prison system. It basically means the way we have these maximum security facilities, it's not doing anything for anybody. We're putting people in prison. They're becoming hardened. This guy going to prison makes no sense. Justice is not being served over this. What we need is rehabilitation facilities. And there should be, there should be giant steel boxes for which we put people in forever. Violent criminals, many of them, should probably be locked up for a lot longer than they already are. And nonviolent criminals and offenders should be locked up a lot less. But for the most part, it should be an attempt at rehabilitation, except for the worst of the worst. For people who would abuse children or in other ways violate and harm children, oh, they get the worst of the worst. Lock them in a steel box. For murderers and evil people who we've subdued and they're no longer a threat, you lock them in a steel box and you do it forever. And then for uh, less serious offenses, manslaughter, passion crimes, and things like that, we recognize we, we want to try and help people and fix the problem. Otherwise, the problem with executing the innocent and imprisoning the innocent, and I believe it was uh, Benjamin Franklin who had talked about this and, and probably many other, many other founding fathers. If the citizens of a country feel that the government will unjustly imprison or execute them, then they have little incentive to cooperate with the system. They have little incentive to believe in it. They have little system to engage with it or support it or otherwise. In which case, if people feel that the state is killing or imprisoning the innocent at high rates, they will revolt against it or 
they will just lose confidence in it and the government itself will collapse. The people need to know that if something happens, we will come to a fair and just outcome. What is this? Well, they're going to make the problems worse. They're going to make the pandemic worse. They're going to make the shortages worse. They're going to make the trucker shortage worse, supply chain crisis worse. And some guy who got in a car accident is going to rot for the rest of his life. And from all of this, truckers are protesting. Man, you know, I will say this, too, because maybe I'm a little harsh on the cops. A lot of cops quit. Tons of police officers quit over the unjust uh, mandates that they refuse to enforce. And not every trucker is protesting, but a lot are. So I can respect that across the board. If, if you as an individual are willing to stand up and say no to whatever injustice you're facing, nonviolent civil disobedience, that's the way to do it. Absolutely. So for the officers who said, I'm not going to enforce that. I quit, turned in their badge and their gun. Those are heroes. To the truckers who are saying we will not support this, they're heroes. Everyone else, it's the banality of evil to sit back and watch everything decay and burn and do nothing about it. But I'll leave it there. There's a lot going on, and this is just one piece of it. Next segment will be coming up at, U- at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash TimCast, a different channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.